0: Can you hear that? Let me open my window. There's a fucking ice cream truck in front of my house. Now, I don't mind ice cream trucks, I like ice cream trucks. I don't even like mind the ridiculous songs. I like the ridiculous song they play. We used to have one when I worked at Alterion Studios in the 90s that used to play the Baby Elephant Walk song. Um, if you don't know the Baby Elephant Walk, look it up. Anyway, um, so I was waiting for this ice cream truck to leave, And they won't leave and people just keep coming and coming and there's like five people out there now. So I said, fuck it. Maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be better with the ice cream truck music in the background. (laughs) It's maybe just weird enough to work. So anyway, there's going to be probably ice cream music, ice cream truck music in the background. Oh, he stopped. Finally. Thank God. Okay. Well, never mind about that. That was kind of funny. Um, another funny thing is the ice cream man had a mask on But he had it down under his nose and he was talking to people So that was not good Anyway, hello, my name's Chet Czar I'm your host of the Dark Art Society podcast This is episode, I don't even know what episode Now I gotta know Um, It's episode 150-something. Let's see. Episode 159. Wow, we're almost at 160. All right. Today I interview, or I interviewed already. It was a really good one. Another great one. Very technical. Lots of good technical info for sculptors out there that are interested. Eris. Okay. Eris. Cola. Okay, Kolakodes, cola condes, I think that's right. Oh no, Eris Kolokondes. Eris Kolakodes, that's how he told me to pronounce it, so that's what how I'm pronouncing it, I think I got it right, I even recorded him saying it afterwards so that I would get it right, cola Kolakodes, I think that's right. Anyway, he's Greek, So um, I'm not that familiar with the Greek dialect. So uh, hopefully I didn't butcher your name too bad, Eris. I'm sure I'm I'm saying Eris wrong. It's probably Edis or something. Or Otis, I don't know. Anyway, it was a good interview. It was a great interview, really fun. He's a a really uh, excellent interview. Very um, uh, talkative and engaging and, um, has a, has an interesting story and a different perspective being in Greece that uh, I thought was really enjoyable. And like I said, we get really into tech shop talk, which I always enjoy a lot because I'm a, um, I'm a, a process junkie. I'm really interested in how things are made, especially when it comes to things I do myself. So it was great to hear his technical, uh, his techniques, his sculpting techniques and stuff. And he's had quite an interesting professional life as well, so. This is a good interview um so I have just been shipping my tool posters finally the first wave of the first two designs I finished those I actually I have a set that I have to do but those the guy wants something really specific so I'm kind of waiting to get a really good design for that one but I got probably. Almost half of them shipped, and it's a huge relief, i got to tell you, getting these things out. Um, totally fucked my neck up. Got a pinched nerve from that, leaning over and doing all those poster doodles. But it was, you know, it was a good experience. It was fun. It was interesting. It was, uh, I don't know, It was it was different. I didn't expect it. Made me think outside of the box. And it was fun kind of defacing my own work and turning it into something else. So I did enjoy that. Um, so yeah, that's been my life: tool posters, and been just working like crazy to get those done, and they're done, yay! So now it's just shipping. Then I get to start on the last tool poster, the melt poster I did, and um, I sold less of those, so those shouldn't be too as much, nearly as much of a burden. And then I'll get my life back. Uh, so yeah, I've been busy. I've been keeping busy, like I have said ever since this whole thing started. I feel like I've never been busier, and my life really hasn't changed a whole lot. You know that kind of. Uh, well, you know what? I, I had a thought about this whole coronavirus thing, and but first, let's 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 pay some respect to the folks who support the dark art society podcast. Now you people who support even for only a dollar a month, you are making this podcast happen. And I truly appreciate you, especially during this time, this trying time. Okay. Um, I'm going to read off your names for all the new subscribers. If you want to join, you go to patreoncom slash dark art society, get a free account and you could join for as little as a dollar a month. And, um, <clears throat> You can get access to the, uh, uh, the website, the new website we built, and the Dark Art Society Cooperative Secret Facebook group. And more recently, we have the Dark Art Society Art Jam that Steve Cleff started on Zoom. And we've been having, like, you know, I think up to maybe 25 people at a time. Everyone's working on their artwork. We have, you know, video cameras on ourselves or on what we're working on, and we're just chatting, just talking, talking about art, talking about whatever. So it's really, really fun, especially in these isolated times where we're all kind of alone. It makes you feel like you're not so alone. So um, at the $3 a month level, you get access to the Discord server and the Zoom thing. and Or is it? Let me see. No, that was something else. <laughs> Never mind. That was a movie screening we did on Discord. No, for a dollar a month. Forget everything I said. Maybe I'll edit that out. But for a dollar a month, I'm sorry, I had I just had a sugar-free rock star, and it's almost finished, so I'm kind of wired. But for a dollar a month, you can get in the Dark Arts Society Cooperative, and that will allow you to um, have access to the Friday night... Dark Art Society Art Jam on Zoom. It's great. It's really great. Everybody loves it. And there's more people coming every week, and we're doing it every Friday. So thank you, Steve Cleff, for organizing that, too. That's awesome. And, um, uh, yeah, so let's see here. Okay. New subscribers. Let me think. I always forget where I left off. I should write it down. Okay. Uh, Willie Works. Willie Works. Upgraded his, his pledge. So thank you for that. George Davis. George is a super cool guy, collector, art collector, and just an all-around great guy. Sean Noach. James Bell. Ash. Grey Ghost. Matt McCord. Okay, this is going to be a tough one. Torbjorn Karlstrom. I hope I got your name right, but I appreciate you nonetheless. Oh, and there's another one with umlauts, Mo Yeager. Thank you, Mo, for that generous subscription. That's awesome. Okay, Fernando Resendiz Cabrera. Thank you, and Tanya Tracy. Uh oh, oops. One of, well, one of those was a deletion, but I won't say who. Um, <laughs> I always, I yeah, it it doesn't it it just has a list of who joined and who deleted their pledge. So. Um all of them except one were uh new new pledges so it's been a good week so thank you all for that appreciate it things are moving i keep saying i know this sounds crazy but i really feel like this is this is our time i don't understand it but i feel that way i don't know why somehow this is this is time for the for the dark art society as not the little patreon group or the facebook group i'm talking about Dark artists worldwide This is our time This is when our work becomes um, We're in our element I guess you could say With so much fear And and, and, uh, and craziness And chaos I mean this is This is our time I always said, said all along that, that dark art I felt was the most relevant For the times we live in. we're living in And it's even more true now It's never been more true Um, and anyway, that got me thinking about, uh, it got me thinking about something. Now, I've not really known what to say about this whole COVID-19 business. Um, I just, I, I haven't had any words of comfort really to offer, but I will say this because I was thinking about this. I have never felt better it's weird it's and it's not that I'm enjoying people getting sick or dying or or seeing people afraid I don't like any of that obviously I'm not that kind of person I don't think many people are I don't like seeing people suffer but I kind of like I like the fact that everything's shut down I mean it's not good for the economy it might, it might end up putting us in a depression um, people are going to lose their jobs it's bad I mean it's bad but but there's something about there's something about this that feels okay and and this may you know if you have a sick loved one that this may not be something that you might not like me to hear me say that and I don't mean that I like people getting sick let me re- reiterate that I don't I would never choose something like this But I think that I'm feeling this way because, not because I like darkness and evil and sickness. That's not, anybody that knows me, you guys, if you've you've been listening, you know I'm not like that at all. But I have, I've always had an attitude about anything that happens in my life where I, I feel grateful for it, no matter how bad it is. I always try and, and have some gratitude for it because I really believe, I believe, you know, this is, there's this saying, oh, now, where is it? I had it up. It's a, it's a, it's a biblical saying. So a lot of people who listen to this might not dig that. And I get it. I know a lot of people don't like organized religion. I mean, who does really not? I mean, not many in this organization or in this little, club or whatever it is we have um let me find it but but i I think if you take it outside of the christian context and you replace a couple words you can find it acceptable if you have an issue with with the way it's um said so where is it you know who sent it to me damian eccles sent it to me in a text and I, and I and I read it, and I was like, I've always kind of, you know, it reminded me, I've always thought that was kind of a cool quote. Okay, here, and this is paraphrasing. I, I think the, the Bible quote's different. All things work together for the glory of God. Now, I've also heard it, you know, all things work, work together for the good for those who love the Lord. That's another one. And Basically, take it out of the religious context if you have an issue with the context and and see the deeper meaning. And that is basically the way I read it and the way that comforts me. and, And I think the reason I'm probably not freaking out during this time is that I believe that all things work towards the greater good if you are willing to trust reality. So if you trust God or reality or the universe, if you trust, if you have an attitude of trust, then there's really nothing to be afraid afraid of. And it's easier to navigate chaos and uncertainty when you have an attitude of trust. And to really have an attitude, at trust life, you have to kind of, you know, not be so scared of dying Because trust goes, goes beyond life as well So this may be um, uh, A lot to I don't know A lot to swallow But um, I don't know I thought maybe some of you might be interested in hearing it Maybe not Everybody may not agree But um, I really do believe that That everything works towards the greater good if you have that attitude about it, and if you trust reality, and if you trust that reality is not out to get you. So, um, and so I, I just figure maybe that's why I'm not having such a terrible time with it. You know, plus I'm healthy and my loved ones are healthy too. I'm sure it's harder to feel that way if you have someone that, you know, that's sick or you're in more dire straits than I am. But like I said, even at my lowest points, and I've gone through some serious shit in my life I've always tried to have that and I've always believed that through through all of it no matter how bad I felt I always felt like you know what this is an opportunity for me somehow this is somehow something I need to experience that's going to make me better and it's going to ultimately lead towards good in my life and I have to say you know pretty much out of all the shitty things I've gone through in my life I have to say that um They've gotten me to where I am now, and I'm I'm happy right now. I'm happy, so I appreciate those things when they happen. I didn't maybe didn't appreciate them at the time. I didn't feel it, but I tried to show appreciation because I knew that eventually I'd be able to look back and those things would have contributed to where I am now. And without those bad times, I would have never been able to be where I'm at now, which is happy and myself. So. I was just thinking, you know, maybe if you're freaking out terribly about this or if you're feeling anxiety, try spending, I thought maybe a good place to start if you don't have this attitude. Also, you know, I could be totally wrong. I'm not saying this is the the right way. I'm just saying this is this is how I'm dealing with it and and I'm not stressing about it. So I was thinking, you know, it might work for you, maybe not. But If you, if you are having some issues, try spending, try spending a whole day, uh, being grateful for it and, and trusting it. You know, that's not, and and again, that's, that's not to say that you, you go and just walk around without gloves or masks or anything and and just say, fuck it. Everything's going to be fine. I'm not going to get hurt. That's not what I'm saying. You know, obviously you got to take the precautions. That everybody is But try it Try it for a day And then if And then if Maybe you'll feel better You know Try trusting God Try trusting reality Whatever you call God um, Try ch- trusting life And If it feels better For a day Maybe you could try it for a couple days And then maybe you could try it for a week And you know, and maybe maybe it'll help. I don't know. Those are my thoughts. I just thought I'd share them. Feel free to ignore them. All right, let's get on with it. This is a great interview, Eris Golacondes. Golacondes, see, I'm I'm doing the Spanish accent because I grew up in Southern California. I've got um, relatives that are Mexican and and stuff, so I'm more familiar with the. Spanish accent, so sorry if I pronounced that wrong, Aris. <laughs> anyway, this is a great interview. You're gonna love it. Uh, enjoy. What's up, Aris?
1: Hello, Ted. Really nice to <laughs> see you.
0: Oh yeah, you too. I'm such a Thank you. big admirer <laughs> Thank of your work. It.
1: Thank you very much. I'm, I'm the same. You know, I've been following your work for years. Ever since I was uh, reading Pangoria magazine. So oh, cool. <laughs> late, late 90s, I think. But uh, yeah, it's really a pleasure to, to call me here to do this uh, interview and yeah i am hope it goes well and it's uh, interesting for the listeners
0: oh yeah it will be. i'm sure it will be your your stuff is so um uh i don't know i feel a real connection to your work because i almost feel like you know you know i've had this experience with a few other artists on here it's like i feel like we're almost we're almost pulling from the same place in a way exactly like they're related. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, our yeah. worlds are kind of related in a way. Like, I completely get everything you're doing. Like, I look at that and I'm like, oh, yeah, I get that. That's, you know.
1: Yeah, I just, I just <laughs> happened to be in another country. I mean, I have the same exactly, because I used to read all the stories for people like you and uh, everyone who works in the movie industry, how they made it into the industry, how they got hooked into doing this kind of thing. And for me, it was the same, you know, started with uh, movies. You know, I grew up in the 80s and 90s. It was mm-hmm. the the golden era of special effects and all that stuff. Yep. So the VHS, you know, Terminator, Aliens, uh, The Thing, all these movies, when I saw them as a child, I was, of course, that's when you have to have the gift that we say, because my brothers as well saw these movies, but they are not artists. They right. don't do the work now. So we had the same environment growing up, but my brain was wired that way. So when I saw... Something really horrific or a monster or something out of the ordinary. I got really excited. What the, what is that? You know, yeah. <laughs> how, And then later, yes, I learned that people made this stuff. You know, up up to the point when I saw Jurassic Park, I, I still couldn't understand how how they made these dinosaurs. You know, what what did they do Right. That's when I started yeah. to to read the Fangoria magazine and learned about the, the big names first. You know, Stan Winston, Rick Baker, K and all 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 the the big names yep. and then i remember going to the vhs store looking all the horror fantasy movies and checking the the credits always <laughs> to check who does a special makeup effect so you know and i would take i i would just read the name and if there was a, a name one of these names in there i would just take it and, and watch it and get really inspired and try to somehow recreate what i saw you know mm. in the early mm. years it was draw drawing mm-hmm. and uh, in the, when I was 16 96 I started I remember first time with plastiline uh, tried to make a gremlin head or stuff like that so <laughs> that's how it all started you know and then I could paint the, the sculpture which was horrible back then but I was really I said oh I made this now I have it in my room you know. And I can paint it, and, and that's how it started. Uh, but I never thought back then that I would do it as a profession, you know, uh-huh. especially especially here in Greece. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah.
0: yeah. What, what part of Greece do you live in?
1: I grew up in Athens, oh. uh, which is the capital. And now in 2013, I moved out of Athens in the countryside mm, because nice. I found a much bigger space here for my workshop. And I also like the, the countryside more than the city, mm-hmm. like. So you know, I finally have my own house with a garden and with my dogs and it's nature all
0: around and Oh sounds great. Like
1: absolutely as I like it right now. That's perfectly. hopefully
2: perfect. it doesn't
0: break. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I don't complain. I don't complain at all <laughs> with it. <laughs> so did, did you have were you did you get like uh, support from your family when you were growing up doing this stuff? Or did people think you're weird? I mean you don't you don't yeah, hear about a lot of Greek Effect, makeup effects artists. I don't know of any other ones other than you. I mean, I'm sure they're out there, there are, but, but but it's...
1: Are, but you can count them in the fingers of your two hands. Right. You know, it's, a, it's two major, or three major, one major effects shop with two brothers that they own it. And, and I went to them when I was 18, and they really liked what I was doing back then with the plastiline and uh, painting the plastiline because I didn't know anything about right. mold but they don't have enough work so they can they could hire me and I could make a living out of this so right. they take everything they take uh, tv ads and movies theater work they're trying to make a living in Greece which is and, and sometimes they go overseas to do some work you know for in right. UK or even in the USA hmm. but not hmm. enough work the industry is almost uh, dead here especially for makeup effects and uh, yeah, creature we don't have fantasy movies.
2: Yeah, right.
1: Uh, <laughs> so I hope I live enough to see the first fan- Greek-made fantasy movie. You know, with a creature or
0: something in it. But, right. Uh, it's, it's only old age makeups and you know injuries and stuff like that. So. That's so weird. It's weird that the, that you think that um, just culturally, Greece would have, you know, some fantasy yeah, elements don't... in the movies with the, you know the 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 yeah, myth yeah. Greek mythologies. I mean, that's like it's, it's I weird the same. But, yeah it didn't
1: work unfortunately so it's the same
0: it's the same with Europe like Europe is so not into dark art uh, every, everyone I talk to that's into Europe they're just not dark art doesn't sell there and you would think you know Europe with everything they've gone through and their history that they would be in their, the avant-garde yeah. and you'd think they would be into it but they're not it's really weird same with Mexico D- Dos Diablos <laughs> is telling me Mexico it's like they're not into that kind of stuff and you'd think yeah. with, with the Day of the Dead and, and the All that stuff, they'd be into it, but no.
1: Absolutely, yeah. There are some countries. I mean, of course, USA is number one, and then it's UK, I think, Australia. I mean, uh, and I realized at some point that I would have to move out if I want to do special makeup effects for movies and Mm -hmm. sculpting and all that. So in the back of my head, I always had the thing that if I want to do that, you have to, to go outside of Greece, try your luck there, and, and that's what i did later on in uh, in
0: 2008 oh you did
1: yeah i went because of my space so uh, 2008 i decided to quit my day jobs which was unrelated stuff you know not not uh, related with art and mm-hmm. all that so i quit the, my day jobs and decided to to focus on sculpting getting better at sculpting at and then at night i would upload all the pictures of the work I've done every day to my space back then.
0: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those days.
1: And I was trying to hook up with uh, all the people, you know, Steve Wanker, Giselle, all the sculptors that I, liked, that I knew the names and I would see their work and, try to add them, and that's how they called me from UK, uh, a special effects shop, uh, Millennium Effects. Mm-hmm. They told me, you like, uh, we like your work, if you want to come and work with us, uh, if you want to uh, come pay us a visit when you come to UK, it would be nice. And I packed my stuff in, in a month and I went there. We met and they gave me my first job, uh, two, two, two weeks sculpting an alien creature, but for me it was surreal, you know. I, yeah. 28 years old, I finally made what I was fantasizing from 14, 15 years old of doing, you know, mm-hmm. as a living. So I did that. That point came, I was ecstatic. What was, uh, what was the was, movie? It was for Doctor Who, you know, the TV oh. series. Oh, cool! With, That's
0: a great one for your first first job. That's great.
1: <laughs> and, and, and it was just a big alien, and I just sculpted the the legs of the alien, yeah. something like that. I, and then I got to work to the studio three more times later in 2010 and then 2013, where I also did the creature design for a chimpanzee monster, you know, the the Frankenstein movie with uh, with the guy who plays Harry Potter. What's his name?
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Daniel. Exactly. Yeah yeah, 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 Daniel Radcliffe. Radcliffe.
1: So yeah, that, that's the last uh, movie I worked with uh, in 2013.
0: How long did uh, you stay in the UK? In
1: in uk it was uh, you know first uh, it was two weeks the first job i had the other time it was one and a half months and the
0: last time was three and a half months so you weren't living so I, you weren't living there or you uh...
1: i was just renting a renting a room in, in another house oh, okay and i was going to work every morning and, and then i came back to greece here because now i have a uh, dogs here you know it's oh, right. not like when i was in athens i had my brother in apartment
2: mm-hmm. so
1: i I could be away for even a year, like I did uh, in uh, New Zealand in right. uh,
2: 2010,
1: which was the highlight of my FX.
0: Yeah, tell t- tell me year. about that, because I didn't even know. I didn't know because I, I I looked around. I was looking around and doing a little bit of research on you before we started, and um, I didn't realize you worked on on I think, was it the Hobbit?
1: It was the Hobbit, yeah, the trilogy, and a little bit, very little work on the the other uh, movie of uh, Neil Blomkamp, the, with da- Matt Damon, what's the name? Mm. Elysium, yeah Elysium. Which...
0: Uh, oh, Alicia. Elysium. Oh, okay.
1: So it was uh, both in Weta Workshop at the same time in production, uh, pre-production.
0: That must have been great. <laughs>
1: The amazing thing is, you know, I was a huge fan. Uh, I had all the books of the the, the art of uh, Lord of the Rings, the art of uh, everything that Weta have done. I, I bought books and I got inspired. And then somehow uh, a guy who works from uh, who works in Weta Workshop ordered my bad creature, you know, the little sculpture, yeah, with yeah. The, the ears, which is my my best seller so
0: far. I, I, yeah, that thing's <laughs> kind of famous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, something
0: happened with this piece. <laughs> you never know, <laughs> man.
1: And and anyway, I sent it to this guy in New Zealand, and then probably uh, Richard Taylor, the the head of Weta Works, of the bust, and he asked for a bust from himself. Wow! I sent another bust, (laughs) and then (laughs) a a week later, I think I got the the email that uh, we're working on a big production, and we need sculptors. We really like your work. If you wanna come and join us. I was like that oh, I went work. <laughs> I was really crazy, man. I mean, and before this thing with New Zealand before I went to New Zealand, I tried to go to Los Angeles in 2010. That was Oh, really? You know? Yeah, that didn't go well at all. I mean, I I ended up in uh, Newark uh, Airport. They they deported me and I spent two two nights in jail. Oh, in New no York. way. How did that <laughs>
0: happen? It
1: was a nightmare.
0: Oh my and god. It was,
1: uh, they I, I i really went uh, unprepared and i was very excited because i, I got uh, something like a proposal for a job in in los angeles uh-huh. so i just took all my things i packed all my scouting tools in there and i went like i was going to <laughs> to Athens and they they found all this stuff in the in the luggage the scouting tools uh-huh. and then they Facebook and all that, and they saw that I'm a sculptor, and that oh, a no post- way, really. And they send it back, and it was all you know, all my dreams collapsed.
0: <laughs> that <laughs> sucks, man.
1: But yeah, I came back. I was kissing the ground when I came back here because you know I spent the most horrible moments of my life. They were treating me like I was a terrorist or something. Right. You know, with handcuffs here, oh my handcuffs God. in front of the people.
0: Terrible. And
1: that was okay. So yeah, when they called me uh, for New Zealand, I decided to to do it properly and uh, I asked them, of course, if someone's going to arrange for a work visa and all that stuff. So they did that with the lawyers and everything. So I went there and worked uh, for almost one and a half, uh, no, for almost one year, 11 mm-hmm. months,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which was surreal completely when I got there and I got into the building. And looking at the walls, you know they had all the life-size King Kong hair yeah. and the, <laughs> all the props from the Lord of the Rings. And it was amazing. The first five, six, seven months, it was I was living the dream in reality. Uh, I was sculpting alongside some of the best sculptors in the industry uh, who used to work there, mm. and learning from them. They were really generous, giving me uh, tips about texturing things, mm-hmm. tools. So it was also a great school uh, where I, yeah. I learned so much how movies are made, everything. So, but, you know, after a point, I started when we were doing stuff that we I didn't really enjoy. So they gave us to do collectibles. Uh, so I had to sculpt Legolas, you know, like 10, 10 centimeters tall or I don't know how many inches, it's five inches. Right so i i didn't like this at all because you know uh, if you can see my work it's not i don't do likenesses i do not do costumes
2: right. yeah yeah I do
1: organic creatures from yep. mostly imagination and you know when you get to work for movies as you very well know you don't always get to do the stuff you enjoy <laughs> for sure <laughs> and for me i guess it's extra painful because it's it's like really painful when I get to, to sculpt something and have to give something, deliver something that I don't like. Right. Even, even if the director likes it, you know, so it's I always, it's like a, I will try to make it somehow that I like it, but that's not how the movie business. So right. So that was one yeah. of the bad things about working for movies that I could not stand for over a year, you know, because you know, a lot of people can stand it and work full 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 time in a studio forever, you know, yep. for I don't many years and good for them but i just i had to try it and and when i tried it you know after seven months i would start looking the clock when I, was, I,
0: I can so relate to what you're saying i know exactly yeah. what you're talking about imagine doing that I, it took me like it took me like 10 <laughs> 10 years before i got to that point you know what i mean yeah. it, you're smarter though it only took you a year <laughs> yeah,
1: it's not about bad. it's uh, my i follow my gut because when i when i don't feel happy you know i get all kinds of problems with my health when mm. i'm doing something yeah. other. it's like uh, when i was doing other jobs back here i was full of bad anger you know really i was really angry all the time
0: mm. because
1: yeah. i i knew that i wasn't doing what i'm supposed to do right so now that i'm doing the last uh, i don't know how many is it, 20, 12 years i'm I'm really another person from what I was uh, when I was doing other stuff that really? I didn't didn't like. So yeah, that was it. And I told them exactly the truth that it's it's great. Thank you for the great opportunity. But now I feel like I want to go back to my own stuff. And uh, that's
0: so cool. That's the cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. And I, and I came back
1: and continued with so much uh, so much more inspiration back then. But now, you know, it's 12 years later, I have done so much work that I feel kind of burned out. And I try to, not I try, I, I spend less time on this kind of thing and try to share my time with other uh, activities that I like. Mm-hmm. For instance, hiking, mm-hmm. photography, music. As mm-hmm. you said, I, you, you play music, I play as well. Oh, cool. What do you Complete? play? I have a drum set. I have guitars. I have, oh, a cool! A, you know, whatever. I, I I was really mad about the music, musical organs from when I was really young. You so, know, but but growing up a metalhead, uh-huh. <laughs> I wanted electric guitar by the time I was 15 or something. So my dad got me one, and and I kept experimenting, learning. Now with YouTube, you know, you can learn everything you want. I know you. it's amazing so yeah so now i try to spend more time on each piece that i do better quality but not as many pieces as i because you know uh, if you want to have a piece that it's good all around you have to spend more time that equals less pieces for each year let's say
0: yeah but your stuff's in in pretty high demand i mean you it seems like
1: Thankfully, yeah, I have some people ordering my my kits, my busts, mostly the unpainted ones. I mm-hmm. would say seventy percent of the stuff I I give is uh, unpainted pieces. Mm. Wow! You see people, them. but there is a forty percent that buy the original painted piece by me, which is a lot of work, but it's uh, it pays the bills. You know, I have. Uh, I, I can pay the bills, I can pay for new materials to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And that, that's enough for me, you know, I don't want to become a billion millionaire. billionaire. Right. <laughs> that, that's just enough. So another reason why some people say my my prices are really high. First of all, I do everything by myself, so I don't have uh, uh, someone to help me. Mm-hmm. And second, my prices are based on the, the amount of time I spend on each piece, mm-hmm. which is... Casting as well, molding, everything, and yeah. the complexity and everything. Yeah. But, but uh, you're... I'm thankful it's it's going uh, good and I, I don't have problems with it. Uh,
0: you gotta pay for quality, man. If you you gotta if something's good, you gotta pay. It's like there's no way around it. You're not gonna get a great piece from you. You, you gotta pay. <laughs> you know, it takes time, it takes effort.
1: Exactly. And uh, the more you put in a piece in a piece, it shows afterwards. So people. Uh, Will appreciate the the amount of time you, you spend on that piece, and it will look cool as well. Right. So that's how. Uh, and also, I'm uh, a little bit artistic. Uh, uh, I try to uh, not. I try. <laughs> you can see the, the finer details. I cannot give a piece. Let it rest if I if it's not completely rendered. Right. You know, after- Yep. To the I'm one of these guys, you know, yep. the, uh, people, the brothers who like to the wrap, which I also love to see, and I even like it in my own sculpture when it's rap.
0: Oh, yeah, but I this, know. I cannot, it's...
1: I cannot stop myself. I from, know, uh... me
0: too. <laughs> I'm exactly the same way. <laughs> totally appreciate the shiftlet brothers and anyone that's able to sculpt loose like that, yeah. or paint loose for that matter, but my natural tendency is always to go in there. I mean, I, there's something about getting to that final point where it's almost done and then putting those final like pores and wrinkles it's just so satisfying to do that and then it was like ah it's (laughs) like perfect you know what i mean
1: and I tried to figure out why I'm doing this. And I think it's because when I was a kid, as I said, when I was looking at movies and with creatures in them, the, the more wrinkly a creature was and more details on it, the more I, I thought it was real for some reason. <laughs> when I started sculpting, you know, I would always, when I sculpted a human, I would always sculpt an old man or an old lady. Yeah. You know, it would never be a. Me so too. There's same same
0: here. In, yeah. <laughs> same, I'm exactly the same way, man. That's yeah. one of the. One of, uh, one of my earliest masks I remember I sculpted an old, an old, old man face. Uh, it was based based on the little big man, the Dick Smith makeup. It was my like... brain
1: is frozen up, but I loved your soft spot. I I spent hours looking oh, at these <laughs> you know, the details, and plus the detail, it's also the anatomy, the concept, everything. So you oh, know that's you. the thing I'm talking about. It's,
0: yeah, yeah, uh, no, I. I... Yeah, that was like that was that was the first time I said I'm gonna do my own fine art. Like that's what I wanted to do when I was gonna, when I wanted to get out of the industry. I know, I know your story. Okay. I, <laughs> <say>. <laughs> I
1: have seen the, the documentary.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Oh, cool, cool. I was cool. watching uh,
1: another uh, bit of yours in uh, YouTube, which is called the fresh paint. Oh yeah, yeah that that is very relatable and inspiring at the same time because you know the same things as you said before that you you quit your uh, doing the movie stuff because you want to express your your own unique vision you know Mm -hmm. you don't don't get to do that in
0: uh, in movies now what every uh, once in a while you might every once in a while but you know what it, it took the way that's the way i see it it's like I was able to I was usually able to get one character that I was that I could ex- really like design myself in a tool video or well, in yeah. or in uh Hellboy 2 with Guillermo and an alien I did on uh Men in Black 2. And it was like yeah. other than that over like a 15 20 year period it was like that was those were pretty much the only ones where they just said, you know, you design That's something the- on your own. But, but I mean, but
1: that's the thing with design. If you if you go as a designer, you get to have a lot of uh, freedom, creative freedom. Somehow, it's right. not like just a sculptor where you're given the design. Yeah, to have yeah. the copy. So that's that's the thing. If I was completely a creative designer and I just did design for work, they give me a few notes and then based on these notes I create the character. That that's something I could do, I guess, full time. But as you know, it's not always the the, the nice parts. You get yeah. to do something to really bored, and for me, that's killing me. And maybe I'm lazy. Maybe I don't know why, but uh, I I just chose to to follow my gut and do what makes me happy. And if I do what makes me happy, you know, it it will show in the world. Yeah, absolutely. People will appreciate that, and that's that's
0: the best thing. Yeah. So
1: everyone should do what makes him happy. That's that's the. That's the
0: that's the key to life.
1: <laughs> as long as you don't hurt anyone. <laughs>
0: right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, you seem like you've got—I um, don't know—the ideal situation now, where you're just you're able to. You've got a market for your work, and you're able to just do what you, whatever you want. You know, design wise, yeah. like well, I mean, uh, design wise, you could sort of do whatever you feel like doing, sculpt that's whatever good, you feel yeah, like doing. I mean, that's good, like good. that's the ultimate. You know.
1: That's uh, ninety ninety five percent of my work. From what I post on the social media, is uh, exactly what I want to do. It's not commissions. It's not. Uh, it's sometimes I challenge myself and I do something that I find it hard to do, and but it's learning. So mm-hmm. it's not completely fun. It's yeah, right. But you, if you force it at the end and you go through it, it's uh, it's really satisfying. The feeling that you. You learned something as well as created something, cool.
0: Right. So, so how, yeah, it's good. I don't complain. How did you? Uh, I mean, where did you start learning? I mean, it's gotta be. I'm just thinking, being in Greece and learning how to make molds, how to get oh, where yeah. to get materials and supplies, how to do casting. I mean, that's all such technical work. How did you start learning it's, to do was, that?
1: It was uh, mostly trial and error, but. I, I had a book called uh, Men, Makeup, and
0: Monsters. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm in that book. <laughs> I
1: think it's, yeah. In fact, it was uh, late late 90s when I got it. And I, I read it, I don't know how many times, looking at the pictures, magnifying glass and all that. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw Dick Smith. I was was saying something about molding with plaster in there. And from what I could understand back then, it was in English. And I tried to make my first mold with uh, plaster on top of a plastiline life-size head that I sculpted on top of a styrofoam. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've done that before.
1: (laughs) And it was a complete disaster. You know, I threw the front half. I didn't make a separating wall. Then I, I, I turned it around. I put the second half with some Vaseline and it was full of gaps. And then I... I closed the gaps with plastiline, and then I realized that latex
0: doesn't uh, set up against plastiline. <laughs> uh, so it was just, you
1: know, everything went wrong. Oh, I've I,
0: done I, that. So I've done all this stuff. I did. I did all the same. Made all these same mistakes.
1: <laughs> but I, I got to to, me, to meet another guy who was a sculptor here in Greece, and he had a workshop established. He had a huge collection of. Of mask that was in uh, 2000, I think, Mm. somewhere around there. And uh, he told me to go to work for him for some old making, and uh, I also learned a few stuff in the techniques that he he showed me, materials.
0: That's cool.
1: That he he was getting from Greece as well. So Mm. it was really helpful to to know where to get latex in Greece or where to get. So I I found the latex. I found plaster easily. So I was up in uh, 2008. Started with just that water, water-based clay. I would do. I, don't, I remember how many sculptures every day. I would spend 10 to 12 hours in the workshop every day, sculpting non-stop, make, taking pictures. And then you know, making this another sculpture, taking pictures, and then uploading. Okay. So that was practice and uh, putting myself out, there, you know, to for people to start seeing my work. People. Besides my family and friends, you know, after right. that point, before I had the internet. So that's how it started. And uh, uh, I kept working, working. Then I started uh, having successful uh, castings with latex after a lot of trials. how to make the separating wall. Mm-hmm. That was before, before YouTube. Right. Then- <laughs> Started the the YouTube and all the people in there giving tutorials. That was later when I started doing silicone and stuff. Ah. That to see how they paint silicone and right. And also when working for studios, you get to see how people paint silicone, how they cast it, mm-hmm. what kind of stuff they use. So whatever, I was sucking information like a sponge from everywhere I could back, back then. And I was really hungry to get into. To do to do what I love uh, for a living. That
0: that was my my goal.
1: Because I tried the other way, and it's
0: yeah. It. <laughs> so you must be you must be uh, those one. I, I'm this way. I think a lot of artists are this way. But you must be one of those people that gets obsessed about things, and you oh, ha- yeah. and you just can't do anything except figure this thing out. And you have to just like keep going until you figure it out. Yeah.
1: Yes, I'm one of these people, you know, a lot of people, like my brother, they, they love music, they really love music, and they hear maybe more music than me, but when I hear a really good piece of music that I like, uh, my instinct is immediately to go and play some music afterwards, right.
0: you know, to, to do
1: it. Yeah, do it's like, thing. I want to do this
0: too, that's how I feel, it's like, it's like I don't, that's why I'm not like, uh, I, I mean, I have an art collection because I'm able to trade pe- painters, and I do love art, of course. But I'm more I, I, my my initial impulse when I see a great painting or sculpture is not I want to buy that. It's like oh, I want to make I, I want to make yeah. one. You know, what I mean? yeah, it's, it's
1: so much more satisfying when you have made something. Yeah, and, and then you, and you, when it's fresh in front of you, because you know, after two days, as you know, two three days, you start seeing mistakes and things you could yeah. do better. And, but the first hours after you have completed it, it's really. A really nice feeling, and you know, when you share it, of course, and you get the recognition, and uh, people uh, say that they like it as well, mm-hmm. and then you think, oh, it's not just me. That's great, right? <laughs> so that's uh, yeah. Because I sometimes I just cannot judge if Okay, I like this, but will people like this? Should I mold right. it? So that's another good thing for social media. You, you put the sculpture on, and when you see big interest and a lot of people like mm-hmm. it, you say, okay, oh, I have to mold this and. That's how I do it, at least
2: you know,
0: for these years. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you you never, as the, as the artist, I think, or for, I think this is this is true for me, and probably I'm I'm guessing it's for you as well, is that you never know what's going to be a pop, a really popular sculpture. Like you're doing, you're doing what you think is the coolest sculpture you could think of at the time, and you know they're all great to you, you know, because we love them all when we make them and then it's one like everybody loves for some reason and you never know when that's gonna hit yep that's, that's true weird... that's one of the things with the art with yeah art make. <laughs> it's so strange
1: but the other good thing is you know it's uh, if you do something and people don't like it at all but you like it i will still mold it and paint it oh and yeah it, you know, if i it's, it depends sometimes but i will never mold the pieces I would never show a piece that I'm not satisfied with, you know, even. So there are pieces that are complete fails, and I never put them online. And sometimes I punch the clay There are (laughs) these (laughs) days. Nothing's going right.
0: You know what? I I find that uh, sometimes, like, I'll put a painting out there that nobody really responds to, you know, that I thought was amazing, and then no one responds to it. And then years later... It gets popular, like people like oh, it for oh. some reason. Like in five, ten years later, and it's like it's just weird. It's like something about the timing. It's yeah, just you know, could, it's unpredictable.
1: Could it be the algorithms of uh, the social yeah, media? Yeah, it could be. Could I, be. I noticed that uh, as well with uh, a piece I I posted on Instagram. I don't remember three years ago, 2000, 2017, A little dragon head, and it got like uh, three thousand likes. And I reposted it now in 2020, and it got up to 11,000, the most likes of anything I've ever posted on uh, social wow. media.
2: Wow. This
1: thing, and it was the same picture, just so definitely something going on with the, how And Facebook now, it's completely fucked up. People don't see your comments, don't see, don't see your posts. Yep. But, uh, the numbers are much smaller from,
0: let's say, three years ago yeah yeah you gotta play all these games to to get work with yeah. the algorithm that's why that's if, if you listen to the Josh G episode, I just recommended it this to the last person I interviewed on here. I'm always recommending it the episode one ten on the dark art society podcast of, with uh josh g um, okay. he talks all about how how you he's he's like a silicon valley guy he he works in that environment and so he gives all the tips on how to make Instagram work right and it definitely works if you if you follow yeah. his tips but it's a pain in the ass it's a lot of work
1: I don't bother really, man. I'm, I'm, even when i do a post i say oh my god it takes because i'm really i know right <laughs>
0: yeah even just I'm a post typically... <clears throat> it's a pain in so, the ass
1: <laughs> but you have to do it it's uh, after the, after you have done the post and you see the likes and the and the people appreciating it that's that's the fun part
0: yeah for sure uh, for sure
1: it's the business side of things that uh, for me it's completely nightmare it's uh it's uh i'm telling you i have a phobia in this in this life it's, it's bureaucracy for me right. i cannot understand it it's for me too complicated mm-hmm. and uh, You know, it's a simple thing. I make something with my hands, and I trade it with some money. So,
0: right? (laughs) is
2: all the other stuff? I don't
0: know. Yeah, I think this is this is definitely a common artist problem: is dealing with the bureaucracy and 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 paperwork. It's just like I see a you know contracts and paperwork. You just look at it, and it's like it's like reading Chinese or something. It just can't. It just does not make sense.
1: It takes your focus out of the important things
2: right uh, it's like
0: a distraction it's a, it's a distraction total total distraction so did, did you um how did your how did your parents feel about you doing this when you were a kid did you get support or did they think it was weird or what
1: supportive they never told me stop doing this oh anything. good that's My cool father- my mom was uh, a little more uh, supportive in the way that she would uh, always give me compliments for what I made you know Mm. I would make little and she would show it to her friends and her friends would also say ah you're you're very talented Mm -hmm. and so that me a little it it gave me pleasure to hear good things for what I made back then right I mean I'm I'm talking at the age of uh, it was 12 13 Mm -hmm. 14 right a little bit after i saw gremlins i remember i started and tried to sculpt a gremlin head <laughs> so, my dad at some point because as i told you here in greece it's uh, it's not there's it's not such thing as being a special effects artist or you know he he could barely understand what i was trying to do mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and how would that become an income for me right so he was Mostly worried that I do something that I can support myself with, and he couldn't see a way of of uh, sculpture that, that that sculpture would do that for me,
0: especially monster and, sculpture.
1: <laughs> exactly. But then when I and I told him uh, I'm gonna go outside, I'll go to UK or America or you know. But then you know the internet came to my life. Uh, I got my first PC in 2008. And I said, okay, now more people can see my work, if, even if they're not in Greece. The people who have the big effects shops can see my work. So that's the, the plan. I do the best work I can. Every day I practice to become better, post it on, for the right people to see. And hopefully I get a proposal for a job. You know? And the, the same year this happened, You know, at the end of the first year mm. with the Space this happened and then it happened again and then I wouldn't even need to send my portfolios to, to studios, you know. Right. My portfolio, my online uh, portfolio, you know, my MySpace, YouTube, whatever, I would post my work. And that's how it started and I couldn't believe it. I said not even my wildest dreams, I could believe I, I would be doing not only sculpture for a living, but also my own sculpture, right. you know. Thankfully, I don't have to pay a rent where I live here. So it's easy for me. I don't have to have to have much money, you know. Enough you don't to have pay to pay rent. Okay. No, it's it's uh, my mom moved here from Athens, uh-huh. and she she met a guy and they got married here. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this man had this property where I live. It's, in, oh, it's a house, so- in fact. This this used to be a stable for for horses. And oh, stuff that's like. so
0: cool, yeah. man! That's amazing. Yeah.
1: So I, I I put a lot of money here, whatever, almost everything I got to to fix this place and the house. And from 2013, and now I'm I'm at the same uh, stage where I was when I came here, which is but much better established. You know, I have a good workshop spaces, even though I have filled filled it. stuff. <laughs> I, I see that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I lo- I love seeing pictures of your workshop because it's just like crammed full of.
1: creatures and it's
0: it's so awesome though it's so cool to look at that's how my studio is the same way yeah
1: but it's a it's a pain to de-dust you know about oh uh, yeah
0: gotta get an air air compressor (laughs) spray everything
1: (laughs) (laughs) so it's a it's a field outside fields so we get mice as well and mice love to eat monster clay they just
0: love (laughs) mice love to eat monster clay
1: (laughs) Yeah, man. they don't touch savant, but I have how many sculptures of Master clay on the back? You can see they hollow out the whole head, and you can see the bite mark. They <laughs> eat. They it. It don't that just chew it. You know, they eat. It. So for that reason and only, I stopped using so much Master clay because it, you know they eat my sculptures here, and I don't <laughs> want to kill all the rats. I don't want to put poison stuff. Right, to, that's know, cool. The dogs. So I try to. It's it's a struggle. You know, I have to to live with that. Right. Living in nature, you know, I found snakes in the other time in here. Wow. <laughs> Thankfully, we don't have a poisonous, so many poisons, only one poisonous snake ah. here. So.
0: Wow. You must be really, really out in the country.
1: It's not, it's it's one hour from Athens. So Athens is the capital of uh, right. Greece, it's just one hour drive from Athens, 80 kilometers away. And mm-hmm. I also live in a village, which is three kilometers from another small city, mm-hmm. Okay which has everything it has a post office you know a hospital everything it's it's a small city mm. but it's just the house it's very separated from other houses because next to it it's uh fields with uh, peach peach trees you know the peach the fruit. Oh,
0: peach trees oh how cool that sounds so, amazing to me man it sounds like the ideal yeah. situation
1: it's it's good it has its bad yeah <laughs> people here i thought it was going to be quiet here and peaceful but You know, people come and cut the grass with uh, the thing that goes, like a huge mosquito and uh, (laughs) other kinds of noises here in the country. But yeah, uh, I don't complain. As I said, I have to live with everything that's going on. I would prefer if it was even further, somewhere inside the woods. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) What's the the environment like around you, like the landscapes and stuff? Are you in the mountains or is it, what's it like? I'm
1: almost at sea level here mm. so but, but the nearest mountain is like five minutes uh, drive with oh, the, cool. car. So it's the sea it's like a, a bay uh, where there's also a, a canal I don't know how you say it, a Corinth canal it's a really big one
2: mm-hmm.
1: so it's a bay and it, it's a nice area you can you can uh, uh, combine a beach with
0: mountain in, in a matter of a few hours. It sounds you know, like beach... LA is kind of like that too.
1: Yeah, 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 I heard that it has the same weather almost here when it's
0: mm. not winter here. Interesting.
1: Because we get winter here. I know LA doesn't have such a harsh winter. Or, or, no. Or even...
0: <laughs> you, get, you guys get snow and stuff there?
1: Uh, very rarely. I mean, I only saw snow here one year. Mm. And I'm here seven years now.
0: Wow. uh, Yeah. yeah. That sounds uh sounds great to me. (laughs) I love that.
1: Humans always get used to whatever they have and they want more and more and more. Right.
0: That's true.
1: So that's the bad thing with me, you know. I used to get inspired by just looking at a horror movie and then I would go, Wow, scout now Mm -hmm. (laughs) super inspired. Now after having the internet for you know twelve years. All the things, because I, I look like uh, obsessed, as you said. When I'm obsessed with something, I will do so much research on everything. Searching, looking, searching, looking, looking, searching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so after a point, my eyes have seen so much, so much great work. Amazing artists, uh, Pinterest here, there. Right. You know, you get uh, desensitized, I don't know, mm-hmm. a, great, a, word, a little bit. I got at least. You know, I don't get inspired so easily anymore, as I used to. I don't feel uh, so easily the the need to go scout something, you know. Now, I wake up in the morning, I I say, oh, it's nice weather, I go take some pictures of some bags, and that (laughs) helped me in my art, you know, because I see the shapes, the colors, and all that, and I implement them in in my work. Right. So, it's a good thing to to share my time with uh, both of these.
0: Yeah, that's a, I'm I'm I find that at this point, because um, I'm like twenty years in basically in this fine art thing, like I decide or I made the decision in 2000 that I was gonna be, be get into fine art, do my own thing, and then it took another seven years before I was able to transition out, and uh, so I've been doing, you know, this as a day job for a long time. So I find now that when I am able to take breaks from the work and like you said do stuff like play my guitar play my bass or something and just chill for a few days just getting some distance from the work i get i'm I'm more easily inspired to create more if i like or if i'm doing like right now i'm doing all these tool poster these doodles on these tool posters which are just kind of repetitive and and not painting so it's you know it's taken it's taken me weeks away from my painting so so um I had to do a painting in between those and it had been like three weeks since I painted. So I just, I was totally inspired to paint and I just cranked it out yeah. in a couple of days. So it's, it's good to get distance at this point, you know, right. yeah. back, back, in, times. Yeah, back, back before it was just like, you couldn't wait, you know, when I was working in the movie business, I just couldn't wait. I was, everything was thinking about creating a new piece. It was just, you know, cause you're starved for it. Was all day, every day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I used to dream stuff. But right. Had to do with me working in a Winston and making dinosaurs and stuff. Like, you know. And, when, and that's why I say obsession is a really good thing as long as it's not obsession to go kill someone. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Obsession somehow will become reality sooner or later. Mm-hmm. If, if someone. Just to some. And thankfully, I was obsessed with that. I didn't hear anyone, you know, especially when I got the internet.
2: Right. I had my
1: plan set, right. back, 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 three steps. <laughs>
2: and
1: it happened. And when it happened, I couldn't believe it, you know, the, the surprises that uh, the universe brought to me, you know, uh, the, the fact that I also get to teach, you know, that I never never crossed my mind right. that I would get uh, people ask me to teach or do lessons or stuff like that in sculpting. And other things that came. Uh, working for some of the, the my favorite directors
0: uh, like Peter Jackson. Uh, yeah, did you get to meet? Did you get to meet him?
1: I didn't shake his hand, but I saw him in person. You know, in the okay. <laughs> when he was standing <laughs> in the studio. He was really kind of grumpy back then because he, I, I, he had a lot of pressure. You know, oh, working yeah. three movies at the same time. I he bet. also got, got to hospital for uh, fatigue or something like that. So, yeah,
0: he was stressed. Yeah, that'll do it to you. I imagine directing one movie is stressful enough. Directing three has got to drive you insane.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have directed a few movies uh, when I was, as I said, back in the late 90s with a mini mini VHS camera. Really? Uh, Jason, it was the Jason, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> because I have found I have found back then ways to make splatter scenes, like I, I used to fill condoms with uh, iodine,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, you know, the and I would great. make uh, a cut of hand, or uh, I would make the Jason's mask with uh, paper, but unfortunately this tape it doesn't exist now, uh, wow, and it was 45 minutes. Oh, uh, 45 really? Yeah! Wow! Outside the house, in the house, back then <laughs> I lost, I lost completely this uh, this talent because I haven't done it from back then. But I remember, I remember the movie, and it was, you know, kids are uh, can do really amazing
0: stuff when when you li- really let them loose right. sometimes, doing what they like, especially if they have that obsessive thing in them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're willing to put the work in. Yeah, I used to make movies too before I That's kind of what I think got me into effects is you know, first it was I would get these like behind the scenes books they used to have on movies behind the scenes just like, you know, how they made Jaws and Close Encounters and all this stuff in the 70s and and then I started making little home movies and I, and then I was I mean, first I wanted to be like a director and I got all into editing and on Super 8 film. <laughs> And then that kind of led me into the makeup effects, and then I I kind of dropped it as soon as I got into effects because I was so obsessed with it. That's all I could think about, you know. <laughs> How it goes, yeah. Yeah, all the blood. Did you ever go? Did you go through the blood, blood and guts phase where you were making people up all with like uh, wounds and burns and cuts and nails through the hand and all that?
1: I didn't do much on people. I, I did paint a few of my friends sometimes for uh, the Greek Halloween, which is a different thing. But there's a, a month here in Greece where we also put masks. And, mm. you know, as a little kid, I remember this uh, a store only with Halloween masks. And I think it could be masks from uh, Steve Wang, the, the ones he did oh, uh, wow. with his own
2: company. Yeah.
1: And I was completely freaked out when I saw them. And I was... <laughs> back then 13 14 and the price was i remember something like uh, 65 euros or something really expensive for uh, for a kid back then but uh, that's another thing that also made me want to do this the the masks Mm -hmm. uh, halloween and uh, every year you know i would see old people masks, gorilla masks in the stores and stuff like that and say oh who makes them
0: right (laughs) Tell me about tell me about this Greek Halloween. I didn't realize there was a Greek Halloween. <laughs> What's it well, like?
1: It's not not the same uh, period like yours. Yours is, is in October. Yeah. So here it's it's in February. Uh, and it's not it's not Halloween. It's it's called Apokries, which means uh, bye-bye meat. <laughs> bye-bye what? So, meat, the the food because because after that people will uh, fast. Uh, the people who believe in uh, Christianity and uh, mm. who are religious will fast for I don't know how many how, how many days and that's why so it's a religious name and uh, eventually mm-hmm. it's called by by Meat and it's and before that you know there is something like the Rio de Janeiro uh, uh,
0: okay. thing where
1: we go and dance and we do the same here with masks and people it's it's a uh, it's
2: weird it's really weird (laughs) sounds kind (laughs) of weird (laughs) but it's not like it's
0: it's not so much monsters and ghosts and spooky stuff
2: um
1: no not necessarily but there is spooky stuff as well you know kids love love the spooky stuff Mm -hmm. the old people it's not the i think this uh this has to do with ancient greek uh, uh, tradition something like that uh,
0: okay but,
1: but then they mixed it with the uh, american halloween so they started producing more uh monsters and stuff like that for people and kids to wear right at this, uh, period of time it's weird it's <laughs> apocryphic it, it's like something like the, the people in germany have with the krampus and the krampus goes uh like a parade with uh-huh. people with horns right the, right Something like that. It's like a pagan, pagan, paganistic uh, ritual. <laughs> interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. Wow. I haven't got into depth to know what it is, but I know that you know people are dressed back
0: uh, mm-hmm. this time and go to parties dressed as something. Right. Right. Some kind of disguise. So mm. what? What? Uh, what do people in? I mean, what does the general public in Greece think about? Monsters and the kind of stuff and kind of work you create is it like in the public consciousness at all, or is it just kind of like no, no? <laughs> so they, don't, they
1: don't they see it in movies and they they can't even uh, recognize what is cg and what is uh, practical oh, you know wow. of course if you're not if you're not in the industry and you're not a sculptor or right. an artist, you cannot really tell the difference mm. uh, also you know they sometimes uh, police stop me here. They ask my papers. I give them, it says my ID, a special ID that I have. Uh, it says artist. And they ask me, what do you do? And I say, I'm a sculptor, so I don't get into details. Yeah. I sculpt. <laughs> when I say sculptor, these guys imagine marble sculptures. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't even get in, into details because I know they will look me like a crazy and right. what are you talking about and then i have to explain
2: yeah right so
1: in young people of course understand you know when i say i do the things that you see in movies like creatures aliens and stuff mm-hmm.
2: and
1: they, they can get they get it but older people especially here in greece it's uh, yeah wow
2: it's
1: not so it's not in the culture culture here right culture. right
0: again though that's so unusual it seems like it should be because it goes back to ancient, ancient times you know greece made like the original monsters you know
1: the frankenstein wasn't it the uh, jack pierce i think he was yeah greek or... he was greek,
0: greek or... yeah he was greek so jack pierce
1: this guy had it but he didn't do it in greece right. <laughs> so... <laughs> because of course there were movies like that in greece like the frankenstein monster or... so yeah you, right. you get what you get i don't know uh i'm uh I, I also don't sell anything in Greece,
0: you know, I, I rarely ever sold, you know, 5 to 10 pieces my whole life. Wow. For Greek people. So you don't have collectors, in, you don't have a lot of collectors in Greece, really?
1: Not on this kind of stuff, I guess, hmm. you because...
0: Know, Interesting.
1: There are a few people who are sculptors and really good ones who are trying to do the same thing I'm doing here. Oh, really? And some people like more likenesses, some people like more, you know, not exactly the, the kind of thing I'm doing. But, yeah, with the help of the Internet, whoever asks me, I can say it's possible even if you are in, uh, I don't know where, you know, yeah. every part
0: of the world. I know. You it's can, a, that's amazing.
1: That's uh, the... And if the Internet goes down, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know, right?
1: <laughs> Go be a, a shepherd. i buy some sheep. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the the internet is can, cannot be the power of the internet internet cannot be overstated, especially for artists. I mean, it's it's I hope you know, yeah, it's made a, it's made a I mean, it's it's allowed people like us to make a living doing this, you know. Without the internet, we'd be you know, we'd be
2: completely I fucked.
1: To, yeah. I would even have to move to another country. Yeah. And I, I'm moving and it didn't work, not even for my health. You know, I change change of diet, change of climate, all these affect my mm. my body and my health.
0: Right. My yeah. So, so you need you you uh you need to be in Greece. <laughs> you yeah, so you haven't you've never visited LA? Or the uh, States
1: really? <laughs> I have visited the States. I, my mom and dad used to work uh, Olympic Airways. They were air stewardess and they oh. uh, worked on the plane. So when we were really young, uh, they would take us for a journey to New York. Or So I went to New York, but never to Los Angeles. I have mm. been in uh, Canada as well, in Toronto, and, and other places. But I was really small and I couldn't appreciate it. Right. You know, I, didn't, I went to the Natural History Museum. And I was looking at everything like that, so if I if I went now, I would be freaking out with all the cool stuff. Yeah, standards. right. But yeah, that happened in uh, uh, in 2010. I go to New Jersey and back to Greece. Uh, next stop would be Los Angeles, but didn't happen. Yeah,
0: you got to. You definitely, when all this coronavirus stuff ends, you have to come to LA at some point. You would. Love. Yeah. There's so many cool galleries you would love out here, and and uh museum, everything. There's just so much cool shit out here.
1: I would put a Google Earth and Street View and walk around Los Angeles like right? that. <laughs> <laughs> I was so obsessed at one point. And I love everything. You know the weather. They look. You know everything looks. You have the beach over wow. there, especially in Los Angeles. I know I don't like traffic at all. It's ah,
0: crazy. Yeah, you wouldn't I like don't... that part of it then cuz it's got bad traffic. Yeah. <laughs> not now though. It's weird now. There's no traffic. It... It's like but the I way like it... the
1: zombies around.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right now it's like outside it feels like the way I wish it was all the time where it's like there's just not that many cars on the road or on the on the freeway at any time. Usually the freeway is there's traffic on it, you know, like almost always even at night sometimes it's really weird it's now it's just kind of like dead everywhere but i mean what what's it like how's the coronavirus in in greece
1: now we have a quarantine and we have a lockdown until the 27th of uh, april uh, unless it's postponed again because it's you know we don't have many deaths or uh, i think we're at uh, 86, 90, something like that, dead people. Mm. And, and oh, people is everyone's locked inside their houses, there are caps everywhere. If you go outside without a paper that says what are you going to do and what time it is with your signature. So if I have to go shopping for grocery stuff, I have to write it down in, or print the paper from the site that they gave us.
0: Oh, wow. That's
1: what you're going to do and everything. And I'm also scared to go outside because people here, you see them not wearing masks. Oh, at really? least now they have taken it seriously and they are uh, in the houses. But when I went grocery store last time, I was, I was wearing like a mask and, <laughs> and a hoodie and people were looking at me like I was uh, weird. <laughs> you know? They were not wearing anything. So I guess I'm a little paranoid, you know. Well, oh, no, you're
0: you're you're ahead you're ahead of the curve there. They just in L. A. last night at midnight they just enacted a law to where if you're not wearing a mask when you go outside, you get a, you get fined, you have to pay money, or or, or you can get in trouble. So you know and
1: it's the first time first time in our lifetimes that this happens so this is really yep. going to be interesting, interesting to see what the outcome what happens after that I know, you know.
0: so everything like,
1: is real life
0: it's so up in the air all those productions all the all the bands that have had to cancel tours I and mean, it's going to be the a far far reaching uh implications with all this stuff it's going to be weird i don't know man it's a trip but it's funny though like i keep saying this is not my life hasn't changed a whole lot you know because i don't really go places anyway
1: <laughs> same for me now i have an excuse to not go for dinner <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> because i really when i'm at the dinner table people talk about either politics or uh, sports, sports or <laughs> you know, and I'm like excuse me this time so and they know it now all my my people know know this about me. you know, I'm the first guy who leaves the table <laughs> <laughs> cause I just can't yeah can't deal with a small token things that don't interest but yeah i'm am a hermit, as I told you, yeah, so it, nothing changed for me unless uh, except for the fact that I have to print out these papers when I go grocery and I go with really paranoid right <laughs> what's this guy doing uh, yeah, right. Because uh, I could be uh, infected already, and I don't know. It. Maybe yeah. I have a strong immune system, and it's, it goes back like that. I don't want to give it to my mother. Or... Right. So I don't even see my mother. This, uh, which right. is, she's like five minutes away from here. But... Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, that's been like that with my um, my son. And my daughter-in-law and my, I got two little grandkids now. And it's like, I can't, we can't, even my kid, it's like, we're, it's like he, he comes and he'll help us out and go grocery shopping for us. Cause he's like 30. So, you know, we kind of like talk to him through the door. He, we don't let anybody in the house. It's, it's so crazy. It's just like, you know, you got to do it though. You got to do it now. So it doesn't get worse.
1: Yeah cuz we don't know what it is and uh, how how it's going to as i said it's first time happening and better be paranoid
0: than be sorry afterwards yeah. if, you, if
1: very likely and...
0: Definitely definitely yeah it's going to be weird it's going to be a trip man
1: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what to expect really i'm just hoping you know something happens with the, if something happens with the internet yeah
0: fucked. i know everybody's fucked if something happens with the internet everybody's fucked mm. you know because then they won't be able to watch your netflix <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no but i mean everybody's communicating this way this is how everyone's getting their news and
1: yeah for me it's also my living out of it
0: right uh, yeah if i was in
1: la you know I, I wouldn't have communication but i would be able to go work in a studio you know but
0: that you can't though. Fun. All the studios are no one's working either. That's the thing, yeah. you know? So it's, oh, like, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, man. it's it's it's
2: crazy. Yeah.
1: Let's see what happens. I hope I hope all the best. Yeah. I hope it goes away
0: fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's crazy times, man. It's so weird just everything just stopped. All over that's the weird thing, it's like everything has stopped all over the world, basically at the same time. And I don't think that's ever happened before.
1: Yeah, it's a crisis. I mean, it happened. I don't know when. When it happened again with a plague or any other pan, pan, pandemic uh in the in the planet on the planet Earth. But uh, in our lifetimes, I never had a pandemic before. You know, we had the flu, the seasonal flu, and right. all that, but nothing like that, where you're locked down in your house and you get messages from here and. Uh, crazy and uh, you know yeah, I'm not asking yeah. myself why and how this happened so now first priority is to stay alive yeah. <laughs> a <bit>. <laughs> I'm <laughs> a little dramatic but uh, you know it's,
0: have you, you know, ha- how have you been with uh, sales since this happened
1: I nothing man I mean, I'm completely frozen I have sent a few stuff in the US two pieces one is painted as well mm-hmm. and it's it's been a month so far, and uh, I checked the tracking numbers, and it's uh, still in Greece. So it's, oh, it's really? like stuck in Greece. Uh, China. I had many, many people, good clients from
0: China, but uh oh, now, you, you got, you have clients in China.
1: Yeah, clients. I mean, uh, collectors, mostly people who paint them. You know, I and, didn't.
0: But, that's crazy. I didn't. I didn't think that. Um, I mean, it. Yeah. I don't think I've ever gotten an order from China. I don't think maybe once or twice, but uh, I
1: mean, China have a history with uh, kids, with raising kids uh, right. and all that. So I guess it has to do with that. Uh, Interesting, but uh, yeah, it's uh, some people they they take for their friends as well. So they gather up a whole team. They what, which one you want? So I get mass orders from them, which is ah. a lot of work. Sometimes it's all painted, so you guess how freaked out I am if everything is gonna reach the destination, right. if it's gonna be okay. So I try to pack them everything good. But yeah, no, nothing It's now it's all frozen. My income is getting lower and lower. My, my income is not coming, my what I have in the bank. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, because now, you know, I only spend the money for food and for the bills, how right. the house bills. Well So hope it doesn't last for too long.
0: Yeah. Um Okay, let's talk a little technique. <laughs> how, yeah. So, so how you're you're doing? Like, uh, do you, do you do you sell stuff that's silicone, or do you does, is the stuff that you sell primarily urethane resin casts?
1: I sell both silicone resin and latex. That's the three main things. Oh, I didn't I know sell. you did
0: you did latex too
1: latex i have done uh, masks some of them wearable but not i mean the the majority of it is uh, resin kits mm-hmm. resin busts about this size you know one third one fourth one right. fifth that i cast in silicone and mold in silicone and casting uh, either polyester resin which has this nice translucency to it or urethane resin when i cast uh, Full body creatures because it's more viscous, low
0: viscosity. So what, what, oh, go back a second. What, polyurethane or po, po, polyester. What, poly, you, polyester, polyester resin, like fiberglass resin.
1: Yes, yes, that's the one. But it's a specific brand, I think, which uh, it doesn't crack if you do a solid. Oh, uh, really? As as long as it's not too massive, you know, something more mass mass like that. Right, you know, it will most probably crack, But if my my boss, uh, uh, this guy. You see how thin he's on the side. So this is going to be OK. Even, even if he has mass here. Uh, sorry. I took
0: here. a picture of it. <laughs> Screen picture. <laughs> so, That's cool.
1: Yeah. The mo- uh, so I, I tried all polyesters, as usual, trial and error. And this one cracked. The other one did the uh, crocodiling, you know. The thing right, where
0: yeah. Okay. So-
1: and then I learned about uh, controlling the, the setting up with the right amount of catalyst mm-hmm. and as well as heating up the silicon mold and oh. the resin, huh. so you don't get do that. But, you know, with this way, its it's casting takes me about 45 to 50 to one hour uh, to cast a single bust, you know. I don't oh. have a press pot or anything. Right. So that's right. why I'm telling you it's... Uh, if I have many orders, it becomes really busy. You know, I, It fills my day very easily. Too. And I don't like to work with
0: polyester because it smells, so I have to I do it, everything outside. What are you tinting it with?
1: Uh, urethane pigments.
0: Okay. Uh, you know,
1: for, for raising the, the work as well uh, with polyester. So have like you... Polyester... I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> what were you say? Uh, uh, I was going to say that polyester, yeah, it's the translucency that it has and also paints beautifully with the acrylics. It holds the paint. Mm. U- it urethane sticks? Yeah, it sticks very well. I mean, the best it could
0: stick. Right.
1: And it's not. It's more fragile than urethane. It doesn't have elasticity. But, uh, you know, with a good packing, I never had the problems of something arriving broken. If something breaks, it's going to be the tip of the ear or right. a horn, you know, something really ha- thin.
0: Ha- have you tried a... a- <laughs> any translucent urethane resins
1: we don't have them in greece Uh, as far as we only have one that sets up to be a really white color which i do not (laughs) like
0: yeah because the the the, uh the stuff uh the stuff i'm using it's like a kind of milky it looks like it kind of looks like uh uh like milky silicone or something it's it's not water clear but it's clear it's translucent and so you tint it you know with urethane tints and it comes out um i mean it's super easy to use it's it's really you know you just pour it in and and wait like urethanes and then it cures it takes a little longer to cure but um of course acrylics don't stick to it at all so but i use oil paints and it sticks like crazy and
1: how how long do you wait for the oil paints to, to dry on just overnight
0: because i'm using a oh. uh, dryer like a liquid the stuff liquid to mix in with the oh. paint that makes it dry or if you i could put them in the oven i have a little yeah. oven and they'd be dry in like an hour mm. and you do like and, and the thing is you um no airbrushing so you uh, anything that you would like get a fuzzy airbrushing softness you can just do that with a brush with oils because it just blends yeah. and blends so so it's really uh it's it's a, it's a great technique if you could only get that resin to try it yeah. you would love yeah. it because the paint that polyester yeah. sounds sounds like a kind of a bitch to work with
1: smooth on. i mean has a translucent urethane resin <clears throat> 325 yeah. or something like that yeah, uh, but but I, I would have to get it shipped, and you know the price is gonna be. Oh, yeah, shipping it's gonna be. That's why I stick to polyester. Oh,
0: okay, so as, uh,
1: and the white urethane, you know, whenever it's needed, like a full body, where I right. need it to be really low viscosity. But yeah. yeah, that's that's the main materials and silicone. I use oil paints, as you said. With uh, now I use platinum silicone, which has
0: a yeah me a too
2: yeah
1: so that's the
0: best it's, platinum yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: and i tried to make little puppets i don't know how, how yeah yeah i little... saw
0: those <laughs> so funny so cool it was so great another
1: obsession. another obsession of mine is the animatronic creatures and uh, especially animatronics even more than uh, makeup uh-huh. because you don't have limitations of of the actor underneath right. and you can sculpt whatever you you want and make it move and so I always loved animatronics but I have no idea of how to work with uh, because you need mathematics and <laughs> my you know, brain is not good with You know it what though
0: the... you do, you don't you don't need mathematics though it's like that's the thing about I I I've, I've um I've been around enough mechanics in the business that um a lot of it is just kind of like eyeballing things and and playing with it to see if it works <laughs> You know, and just kind of I've seen I've seen mechanic animatronic heads made out of like, you know, bike cables and wires and just stuff you can already pre-bought, you know, little gadgets and gizmos. You could kind of do it's kind of amazing what you can do with just your own ingenuity, you know, like, that. you know, Thomas Coons. Who does that?
1: Uh, yeah, he's uh, familiar with the name. Yeah, yeah. He
0: does the automatons, the, the little mechanical. He like the little figures that move around. You know, the... the...
1: Are they wooden or uh,
0: made out of wood? No, nah, well, I mean, I think that's the bases and stuff are made out of wood. But it's like, I know you've seen his stuff. He's he's a really good sculptor.
2: I know the name,
0: but as I
1: said before, I've seen so much stuff yeah. every day. But that's... Some names I remember, some names I don't. This, I remember the name, but I cannot associate it with the artwork because I've seen a lot of automatons,
0: uh, yeah, art. yeah, yeah,
1: even in one of your shows. I think it was one mm-hmm.
0: uh, that was yeah. probably him. He's like the automaton guy out here, and um, but he sculpts, you know, he sculpts and but but he, as far as I know, I haven't talked to him about it from what I've heard, you know, he does all the mechanical he mil- He makes little gears and stuff like this but i think a lot of what he does is kind of like he just kind of makes the stuff he doesn't like have these mathematical formulas or anything he just kind of wings it i mean i want to have i've been trying to get him on the podcast forever so i could ask him these things but i'm pretty sure he just kind of like makes it work you know i could see you doing yeah. that <laughs>
1: I, I did it, but with sticks and the hooks and fishing yep. <laughs> line, which is really low tech. My brain can wrap around this stuff. But, you know, if I pull here, the snarl will go right, up. Right. <laughs> but if I had to, to order servos, for instance, I wouldn't know. You know how many oh, yeah. types of servos? Yeah, yeah.
0: servos is a whole other. When I started
1: researching this stuff, yeah, my mind cer-
0: servos was and remote <laughs> control is a whole other whole other thing. You know, they've got yeah. like things where you could program. All the movement and stuff—that's nice. a whole other story. But you know, so um, you, you, uh, you, you, when you paint with silicone, what, what's your, what's your formula?
1: Uh, it's oil-based clays, uh, so <laughs> oil <laughs> <Wanna> color.
0: <paint>? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's oil color and uh, good quality oil colors, because I found out that I used some, one time a cheap once and I painted thin silicone. And it became green. Oh, the, weird. The it, it had a copper oxidation
2: uh, with oh, the that's copper inside right. the
1: paint. So this happened. So after that, I found the My Mary It's the My Mary how it's called the brand of uh, oil paints, which is a good one It's uh, because it's expensive. Mm-hmm. So last time I painted with that, it uh, painted great. And uh, the paint is still the color as the day I painted it.
0: So what's the uh, what's then, the base you're using, the silicone, it, I mean, to paint the... It's... I used to
1: use uh, silicone chalking, how do you, do you oh, say it? Oh, caulking, that? silicone caulking, yeah. uh,
0: Shinetsu caulk. Silicone yes, caulking.
1: and thin it down with white spirit, so you can imagine how smelly and nasty mm-hmm. this is. I've
0: done that, <laughs> I've done it before, I know how it is.
1: So that was uh, my first silicone pieces that I painted, it was this way. Then I decided to switch to platinum, so with platinum I got silicone tints, silicone paints, okay. that I that I think done with a, a, a psycho paint, it's called. Yeah, psycho paint, yeah. A and B silicon as a base. The Novox, which you, you choose if you get matte, mate, or uh, yep. glossy to thin it down, and uh, the color. So that works perfectly. It sets in about you know half an hour, depends on the temperature. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I have painted all my latest uh, silicon pieces that way, and I have my. Peace of mind that it's not gonna turn
0: green. You know, right, the, yeah. Now, it's good. Uh, Psycho Paint's great. I, I painted yeah. a bunch of stuff with uh Kazu or for Kazu working for this artist, uh what's his name? Paul McCarthy. He's like a big time oh, fine, you know, like crazy right. artist that makes crazy yeah. crazy shit. But he's he's doing like uh these realistic figures and um Actually, one of the figures was him, the artist Paul McCarthy, bent over, naked. And he's like this old dude, like seventy. So he they cast him, right? And he's like bent over, and I had to do cleanup on the sculpture. So it's like I'm sculpting this guy's asshole and ballsack. It's so gross. <laughs> so, but, but. <laughs> That's a weird. Dude. <laughs> it's totally weird. It was fucked up, <laughs> but um, there was a, a I was working for for Kazu at the Paul McCarthy shop uh, years back, and we did all the painting in Psycho Paint. All the because he made these really realistic, you know, Kazu. He made these really realistic yeah, silicone I, I bodies.
1: Alone, amazing guy. Really, really done to earth. Uh, oh
0: yeah. Very he's, yeah, he's super cool. He's he's great. He's a a good friend. <laughs> um. But yeah, the psycho paint—I couldn't believe how well it stuck. It just—that's its like a perfect paint system for silicone. It works yeah. perfectly, you know.
1: Have you ever had the, the Novox uh, becoming white after you you spray it with the airbrush, or or you're not using an airbrush?
0: Now we were using an airbrush, and uh, well, okay, Novox. we were the using no, we were using Novox also to thin it, but I don't remember anything turning white. It was mostly spatter. You know, oh, okay. it was all like layers of. I mean, Kazu has this technique of paint painting flesh to where it's like the 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 color is so thinned out that it's like you could almost barely see it, and you're just spattering it yes. in multiple layers. It looks amazing when it's done. But um, I think we were sealing it with clear silicone yeah, see, after. But I never had any problems with it turning white. I don't think.
1: I just had once and I thought it might be not shaking it well, or maybe I add too much thinner to the mix of
0: paint. Oh,
1: yeah. But it happened once and then I could get rid of this white. It's like a, almost like a, something when you defrost something and right. it's becoming, And something like that uh, reaction. But uh, yeah, yeah, it happened once. Maybe it was the matte because I wanted to have the glossy as well. Oh, matte. that's sort of,
0: I bet you that sort of, did you put the, was it was matte? Yeah, yeah, because that's. Mad. I think the matting agent is. Um... The matting,
1: yeah, that's that's it. The matting agent, that, what just said. Yeah, it was really like.
0: A... Yeah, I've seen that happen definitely. Yeah, if, and I think it's maybe if you, if you, oh God, I was using that on something else. We we're, we're using. Cabosil, to mat it. And it's, I think if you put too much in or if you stir didn't stir it enough, it would get I, that white, like little crystals almost.
1: Yeah. And the temperature here in the summer gets like, a, <clears throat> I don't know, in Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit. In Celsius, it's like 30, 32, 33. It's really high. So all the monster clay sculptures melt. Oh, really? Everything that doesn't have a wire underneath, you know, goes down, you know, right? <laughs> Right. Of, and and silicones suffer a lot from uh, heat in the summer, so you know, after summer, sometimes I try to open a silicone and it's all set up inside right. without the cap. Oh really? So that's a disaster, yeah, because it's <laughs> a really expensive material, so I have to now uh, think of how much to buy and uh, I have to use it. I right. cannot let it, in the,
0: especially have, in the summer. Do you have an air conditioner in that shop? I'm gonna put
1: one this year. Yeah, you gotta. Always... Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a must. I mean, I, I was doing okay with the fans so far, but uh yeah, I have to put.
0: Especially if you're doing monster clay, because that stuff gets so yeah. soft. It's got such a low melting point. Yeah. I, 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 the thing I like about monster clay is that it's, it's, or the, the thing I use it for mo- most is when oh. I'm, doing recasts. Pouring yeah, them in yeah. silicone molds, and like, or if I want to modify a sculpture, you can just kind of pour up one you already had, and then it pours so much better than Chavant.
1: So good. Sometimes it's molten, and you touch it, and you don't get burned. I know. <laughs>
0: it's I know, I know. It's got it's yeah, I do love it. I just, it's it's um,
1: me too. And for sculpting, it's amazing, really. Yeah, and, and every time I get back to sculpt man, man, man-, man- clay, I say. I can't decide which one I like most, Mantra or right. Savant, but Savant also has a smell, which for me takes me back to happy memories, like uh, when I was <laughs> in <Right>. the workshop, <laughs> the outing room smelled like burnt Savant, so now I purposely <laughs> burn my Savant and sniff sniffing it. <laughs> because, you know, smells can take you really back mm. into a certain point of, uh, of the past. So, so the, the smell is, uh, Savant is the winner for that.
0: Yeah, but yeah you uh how about tools i mean when did you at what point did you uh you know i'm sure you use rakes for sure i mean everybody every great sculptor use right uses rakes but when you start out you don't know about rakes so <laughs> how, how did you discover rakes rakes are like the hardest thing to describe to, to new sculptors like i how they work it's hard to describe why they work You know, it's like, it kind of evens evens the form out, but it doesn't, it's hard to, until you try a rake out, once you get rakes, you're like, oh my God, it changes everything. It's like, it
1: makes it look professional. You get rid of these little bumps and uh, things that makes it artificial immediately.
0: Uh, Yeah. So when
1: when you get a soft surface with soft shadows and soft highlights, like uh, I, I say to my students about the rake specifically, because I was obsessed after using the rake for the first time and I saw the difference of the the skull for instance which before rake it was little shadows there highlights that didn't yeah. need to be there right like a chewing or gum egg. or something like that yeah but the, after the rake it was all smooth like an egg like the yeah. surface of an egg <laughs> it looked it's, it's crazy <laughs> so I became obsessed with rakes I made all kinds of rakes all sizes to to accommodate my size of sculpting and whatever i'm scalping
2: mm-hmm. and i
1: tell my students always to to spend hours doing passes after passes after passes of raking yeah and as you rake a lot of time you think because you're raking and you're thinking and you might see a shadow that it's already there and you follow it and you do a little right, right. then it, it works you know so you follow the so it's yeah it's crazy tool amazing i don't know who came up with the right tool but for
0: <laughs> when...
1: me i give I think it was I saw it from George Ussel uh, in one of his DVDs mm. where he was making a, a bug bug boy I think he called this mask and he was talking about the rake tool and I didn't have one and I had to make one with uh, with wire and wrap another oh, wire around right it, you know the, the this way. And then I learned about the saw blades that you can get and file them out, and they become great for mm-hmm. rake tools as well. And these are my favorite kind of uh, rake tools. So I bought all kinds of saw blades, the the table saw, you know, the not the table saw, the
0: like a hacksaw, hacksaw Jewel- jeweler yeah. saw, right. hacksaw.
1: Yeah, yeah, all these you know tiny little. Right, things. right. And I bent them. I see camper tools online my favorite shapes, and I tried to copy the shape of uh-huh. them you know, because, I don't know, I tried to order from Kemper Toots uh, and they wouldn't ship to Greece back years ago. Oh, wow. Then I got a friend of mine to bring me some from New York. I think he bought them, but I still haven't got them. I heard it's they're really sturdy and really work. Uh, it's like a sculptor have made them, like a, <laughs> very nice to the touch and sturdy. Which, which, so are, which think, are these? Camper uh,
0: tools. Oh, camper. Yeah, right. There's a place in uh, there's a place in New York, or I think it's New York. The complete sculptor. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> that's it. They have really good rake tools.
1: My my dream art store is this one. It's because it's specifically for sculptors. Right. So you get right. everything. Amateur wires. Here I have to improvise. You know, for amateur wire. Sometimes I use uh, cables that have copper inside and oh. when I'm out. But now I found a site in Greece where it has also uh, armature wire and savant. First time. Oh, wow. That's nice. in And monster clay. Oh, that's so cool. It's a lot more expensive than in the U.S., but, you know, if I buy it from the U.S., I get the shipping. And so it's. Um, it's I
0: right. get... Uh,
1: well, it's good. It's good to have them here. Whenever I want some fresh clay, I know in two days I will be here.
0: Yeah, I think my favorite rake tools. I've got a go-to rake tool. I I, I learned um, from Mitch Devane how to how to uh, make. I, I basically he he gave me a bunch of he. Mitch is really generous. You know, Mitch, his stuff. Uh, of course, of course. Yeah. yeah, he's he's very generous with his with his knowledge but also with his tools like he'd always just give me tools it was these amazing tools he made because he didn't want to be sculpting he didn't want to be (laughs) he would like give me a tool so that he didn't have to work on the sculpture he was working on so he could go make another tool (laughs) because he was like so like not wanting to be there sculpting on something he didn't care about (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um <laughs> he taught me how to make these you know the, the 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 braided wire tools to where you take two pieces of music wire oh yeah, yeah and like and a loop piece... and then you put it in the uh in the drill bit and then you yeah. and then you spin it and and it makes such a those are my favorite ones those are the ones i always use i've got like a couple different sizes of those um yeah. they're great but uh i see. i also see that you use the the torch on monster clay <laughs> Which is something
1: uh, fire always. If I want to smooth down surfaces, or after I do the the thing with the the wires that I scratch the surface with to to make it look like an elephant skin mm-hmm. or rhino skin, you know, with all these fine textures, uh, I do the scratching, and then I I stroke it lightly with the brass to get rid of the crumbles mm-hmm. on the surface, and then I go over it with a few passes of naked flame or sometimes a heat gun mm-hmm. to really soften and, and blend it on the surface as much as i want so if i want to make it really really subtle i almost completely disappear make them disappear uh-huh. but they, they will leave something like uh you okay. cannot see here oh, hold on hold
0: on i want to get a picture of that hold on hold, hold it up it's again
1: look, look at the chest area if, okay if
0: you can see it. yeah yeah okay. but
1: my camera that no, looks good, I can see.
0: There. So you're not using solvent and a brush to get any of that? You're...
1: I do use uh, solvent as well. You know, the the fire is for me for speed. Yeah. And, so, uh, and also for, I don't have to smell the, the solvent in here. Mm, so yeah. when I have to use solvent, of course I use it. And I do uh, multiple passes. Also, sometimes I use solvent with brass to really make the surface super clean and ready for the final texture, you know, right. to make
0: it uh, smooth as an egg, as I say. Right. What do you... And what's, then I oh, I'm sorry. Go uh, ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, no. After that, I said I go with a scratching tool to mm-hmm. create the second layer of detail. Then I burn this off and I go again with a finer uh, set of uh, right. four, four little wires and go like that. That's a technique I learned in uh, New Zealand.
0: Yeah, that's White. a great one. The, wi- the whisks, the whisk tool where it's like little... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd love that. So
1: yep. yeah, credit goes to David Meng and uh,
0: Jamie Bezwarik for for the tips they
1: gave me on this uh, matter. You know, I used to see all the sculptures textured like that, and how do you do that? And they also use freeze spray, you know, to freeze it. Yeah, the clay yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it works much
0: better with uh, hard clay. Right, right. What about so, yeah, uh, what's the solvent you're using?
1: I use a. Uh, Hexane, uh, hexane gasoline. It's called. It's it's a gasoline. It smells like the thing you put in your car, uh-huh. but it's uh-huh. it's made for removing stains from clothes and uh, for cleaning purposes in oh, the house. Shit. So if you want to remove a stain,
0: that's you know, like to toxic shit, right? Is it really toxic. toxic?
1: And it evaporates uh, really fast. Uh, it, it burns your your brain cells. You become yeah. a stupid.
0: <laughs> so that's so why you, know, you don't, don't use it that much. <laughs> yeah no, I don't want
1: that. And also white spirit beca- gives you depression I, I read somewhere really the, besides all the other bad stuff that it gives you you also become so I use this which is a barbecue uh, to light up the barbecue like a liquid you know oh. to, which doesn't smell as white, uh, white spirit right It doesn't have odor. But it does the same melting on the clay as white spirit so if i want to get something really smooth and really smooth i go with a, a brush with soft hair soft hair one, one inch thickness mm-hmm. and i go circular motions yeah. all around the structure until it becomes like that and then i give it a burn a quick burn to evaporate all the, the residue of the solvent on it, do- the clay. it doesn't get
0: like gooey the surface doesn't get gummy
1: no, because I control how much I put. If if you put too much of this, which is a lot more oily than the the gasoline, mm-hmm. and this one doesn't, doesn't evaporate fast, so you have to be careful if you add white spirit or or lighter fuel, uh, lighter fluid, mm-hmm. the zip lighter fluid. These these things. Take a long to evaporate, so you have to put a little bit, because other, otherwise you will have this uh, muddy, muddy mess. You know, too right. much will sit on the surface, and it will the surface the clay will suck it in. Right, and you don't want that. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I'm. I don't. I've been. I use. I don't use that much solvent anymore. You know, I used to use it a lot, but um I still use alcohol like 99% alcohol. It, it doesn't Yeah, it doesn't work that well, but it works enough between the alcohol and the torch and just kind of working it, you know. Yeah. I, I I'm, I'm able to make it make it work. I remember Mitch, that was a thing one of the things I learned from Mitch at Ricks in uh sculpting, he would he would sometimes do a whole sculpture and not use any solvent, which was like amazing because his stuff was perfect. No solvent yeah, I mean, whatsoever. No solvent and no torches. It was all hand done and it looked, it was crazy. I couldn't, you know. How, you
1: know. Did, he, how did he do it if he didn't use a rake? Maybe a very, not, very, very, very fine rake tool.
0: Yeah, he would, he, became... he would do, you know, big rakes, smaller rakes, yeah. um, and. And then pet screen. Do you know about the you use pet screen where it's like the screen door material that's it's it's you cut like squares out of a screen door, but it's plastic coated for dogs. Oh no, so I, I don't know that. Oh though. my god, you gotta get. I, I'm gonna have to mail you some. You'll,
1: I know, I know the the brass of the dog with the right. The one yeah, that... yeah,
0: that's another one I learned from him. I think a lot of that stuff you learned at Weta. I bet you it's those are Mitch techniques because I'm telling you, he was kind of like the first guy to do. I think a lot of this stuff. And, yeah, and the whole industry just kind of, like, started using his techniques. And I got to work, like, I got to work right next to him for five years. And he was... He's phenomenal. Yeah. But it's a
1: pity he's not in social media at all. Or, no. or
0: he hates it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he hates social media as much as he hates makeup effects. <laughs> he's a purist. I'm trying to get him on the podcast, you know, but I don't know. if he, He's just so not into the fame or the recognition. But, um, yeah, the pet screen... It's like a it's like screen for your window. It's screen for your door, for your front door, or back door, and it's and it's like coated in plastic. So it's like bigger, it's like wider holes in the screen, and but it's soft. It's got like a soft coating, almost like you dip screen door in plastic. So sorry,
1: what is it? The screen door? Is oh, it a mesh? Yeah, ma- like
0: white like a- screen mesh that you put in front of your window so that bugs don't well, get in you know yeah, but, yeah, but it's a bigger it, the holes are bigger though they're they're yeah. bigger than normal screen they're not that tight mm. so um so he would after after he's raking raking and he's doing different passes of raking then you take the this the pet screen a little square and you kind of do use it with your thumb you hold it and use it with your thumb to get rid of the harsh oh. rake lines and that makes softer rake lines and then there's a a smaller mesh pet screen that's like uh the kind of uh screen on your window, but coated in in plastic okay. and then you use that to get those down right you get you take the those rake marks down even further, which are and these ones yeah. are very subtle then he would take like a, a scot foam, which is that black that black porous uh sponge oh, uh, you know finger. like like air conditioning filter types, yeah. and then he'd use that and and kind of wipe away. I no.
1: use that, but not uh, not before the right. screens. <laughs> screens. I have to, I have to try
0: it. I gotta this send you hard some. Hard I got, I got I, I, I got huge, two huge rolls of it, and it's just like I'll have to mail think, you some. I think
2: I
1: have some, but it's, uh, but it's straight metal. It's not deep in, uh, in
0: plastic. I that's the, but that's the trick though. <laughs> that that's what makes okay. it work is that it, it gives you really, because regular screen is just like would make it really scratchy and crumbling. If I put
1: it in urethane resin. Will it do the job mm. covering
0: the blood or not? I don't know. I don't know because it's like a it's a flexible. It's very flexible. It might work. I don't know. I
1: mean, uh, did Mitch make that or did he buy it? Uh, no, you product? can
0: buy it at the hardware stores here. Ah, so yeah.
1: they might have i uh, will go ask. Uh, yeah, it's like it
0: it's black. The stuff we have here, it's like it looks like screen, but it's black, so it's coated and mm-hmm. and it's smooth plastic. But like I said, I'll ship you some. I'll send you some if you want. Um, That's
2: yeah, it's, I oh, you would it. love it.
0: You'd love it. So, so, so you, you know. So then he's using the black sponge, and then he's hitting, and then he's like texturing with the black sponge all over, just to get like a, a kind of a base layer, and then yeah, he goes yeah. in with his plastic, okay. uh, plastic cellophane, and the pokey tools, yeah. you know, to get the to get the pores in, and that kind of like, you know, that kind of does it. And that's, that's how he does it. with That's how he used to do it without solvent. It's pretty amazing. Yeah,
1: yeah. It would be great if I didn't have to use any solvent at all. Sometimes I use it because my, my scale is so small. So yeah. if the head is, you know, three inches. When I go around the eyes and I want to smooth them out, you know, the upper eyelid or the lower, a little soft uh, hair brush will do perfectly fine with some solvent oh, wow. to get yeah. some the coarseness you know in the small tight area yeah yeah uh, but yeah i use it all less and less as i as i continue sculpting mm-hmm. now, with, but the, the fire is, is my friend here the heat yeah because as i said, I have learned how how close and also i have this one which has a tip it is a butane torch from dremel it's called versa tip huh. and it has multiple tips that go on top oh so that's this, cool this, this bit is uh, like a very mini heat gun so it doesn't have a naked flame.
0: I'm gonna get you, one of those.
1: And you can get in the mouth of the little creature, like I have one here, and, and melt just the tank without melting the teeth. Oh, you know, that's around. great. So it's really helpful, and check it out, it's called the Dremel Versa Tip. It has multiple tips, one of them is the mini heat gun. Okay. So for start, it's because you know, flame can be really harsh, and uh, if you go a little bit more
0: yeah you'll me. fuck everything up <laughs> everything just goes away instantly if you put the heat too close so to it
1: a, yeah that's a saver for, for that thing. that's
0: great i'm gonna definitely get one of those because i the one i have is kind of like it's like this big it's like one of those yeah, just yeah. regular hand torches and yeah. um that's a big but
1: it's yeah
0: like three. you got to be careful with that thing i first saw that technique used um on the men in black 2 with from ryan peterson do you know ryan yeah no, amazing, he's he's such a great sculptor his stuff is i saw his
1: venom today he's a venom uh, picture with yeah venom. yeah
0: i saw that too amazing. Yeah. yeah he's unbelievable the he- have you seen the hellboy he did it was like a... I've seen all the stuff he has on facebook and on i don't know
1: is he on instagram I think, he uh,
0: I think so he did that like a hellboy like from the waist up with his arm yeah oh my god it's just gorgeous
1: <laughs> <laughs> really clean, work, very yeah, clean. He's super
0: world. clean. He's he's amazing. He's amazing. He's another guy I got to get on the podcast. There's so many yeah, yeah. great people <laughs> want to get on here. <laughs> I mean, who who are the who are your favorite sculptors in the in the industry? Who are the ones that well, grabbed you?
1: When I started out, I was freaking out. When I first came uh, across uh, George Schultz's work, that yeah. was in 2008, Jordan's and amazing. there was a site there was a site online called uh, the Sculptors Corner, mm. Corner, mm. and it had just a list of names, and I would press its name, and it would come up, come out with a gallery of this guy's work, and it was Casey Love was in there. Mm-hmm. Joseph, great. So Jonathan Fuller, and I, mm. I'm telling you a few of the names I remember, and and some most of them had the website as well, their mm. website. So I would then check the website, and on their website they had some other people who, uh, with links to other websites, and you know I would look like that. So it it started uh, with George Sael in two thousand eight. I saw the quality of the sculpture and the painting, and I was completely, you know, I said that's that's what I want to do. I want to do realistic masks. I don't Mm -hmm. care if someone wear them or not. You know, it's I just want something to to look this good. Right. Paint wise and sculpture wise. And as I kept searching the internet, other names came up, you know, and I had a list of, of favorites after that. It was George Ducell, Steve Wang, uh, of course the big names that we all know, yeah. Rick Baker. Then I searched and found all the sculptors who worked for Rick Baker. Right. So you know, <laughs> was one of them. <laughs> uh, so I have have taken inspiration for from so many artists that the. Uh, Uh, And sometimes I see the work. I like the work of an artist so much that I, when I was starting out, I would try to copy a piece from George Cell exactly Mm -hmm. to see how close Mm -hmm. I can get to learn how he does the mouth, because I always used to to struggle with the mouth and other areas. So it was uh, like a school, but you know, it inspired me so much that, well, as I said earlier, I wanted to recreate it uh, right somehow and see how close I can get, What why it doesn't look the same, what I need to fix. So that's... Uh, Jordu was one, Steve Wang, then uh, Jamie Bezwarik, David Menk, uh, mm-hmm. two of the main actors in the Weta Workshop. It's amazing creature design and, and anatomy and everything. Oh, yeah.
0: Those guys are incredible.
1: Jose Fernandez. I mean, I have a list of oh, names yeah. in my... Jose is amazing, too. Blog. Carlos juan mm-hmm. um, The list goes on. It's, it's mostly... All you guys in the LA area, plus the New Zealand guys that I could mm-hmm. work with, a lot of uh, British people, uh, artists, amazing talent over there as well. Yeah. Like uh, uh, Dominic Haystone, you know. Yeah,
0: Dominic's awesome. He's amazing.
1: And many people who do uh, the sculptures for Madame Tissot, you know, the likeness sculptors, mm-hmm. some of the British, amazing talents. Uh, but yeah it's so many that i'm definitely forgetting some i know i know
0: as a as a bad question to spring on you (laughs) (laughs) i but it's i always they always come back you know i have
1: the tops that i i have in the books you know and the the movies uh, from rick baker every movie he did i got super inspired because it was again the the era that i was Super hungry and uh, excited about all that stuff. So when I saw Rick Baker on the credits, <laughs> take the DHS. <dates>. Yeah, What's pose? What's You know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I uh, I've always thought that the the makeup effects world has probably the best sculptors in the world are are in the makeup effects business. Yes,
1: yes, I agree. And uh, because they give something, uh, except of the anatomy, as you said, they add the extra layer of uh, of uh, textures, on the surface mm-hmm. texture, mm-hmm. which uh, none of the classical uh, artists did. But uh, you could tell, uh, it depends how, what you call a, a good sculpture. So right. some people will call a good sculpture something that it's really rough, and uh, you can see it from one meter or two meters away and make absolute sense. And uh, But if you look at it from too close, you can't make any sense. Right, right. It depends what's your taste in yep. art. And, uh, so, of course, I, I am a realist. I consider myself to be, I try to give as much realism mm-hmm. to, fantasy, to fantasy subjects.
0: Yeah, that's it. So, a- I think that it were I think realism is more suited to fantasy stuff because, you know, the the people the, generally the people not always but generally the 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 fine artists that do rough sculpture and loose sculpture they're creating, um, just stuff from life like people, human beings, animals, yeah. and those are things that you know we see every day. And that the yeah. fantasy stuff nobody's ever seen it, so you yeah. want to render it all the way. So that we, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's a little different. Uh, I mean, again, the Shiflet brothers are a great example of people are doing fantasy stuff loose. So it's cool that they kind of got that covered. But, but I know for me, it's like, I want it to exist in reality. Like it's real to to fully. So you (laughs) fully get it, you know?
1: Exactly, I like to fool people. Also, that's uh,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> because one of the reasons I was also obsessed with fake heads in movies. You know, the decapitated heads yep. that I knew I knew they were props. But I was I remember thinking, oh man, what I would do if I had this head? Right? <laughs> How what, what pranks I would do to people and stuff like that. It's, <laughs> so, it's also the feeling of uh, fooling people. You oh know, yeah. The so if you make a very realistic-looking bug and you make it life-size, and you put it in the grass and take pictures of it, you know, and, and some people are not into effects or sculptors, and they would say, oh, what is that? I've never seen one like this. Right. So mm-hmm. it's that, that aspect of it that I also like. Uh, and one of the reasons I, I try to make it look, bring it to our reality, you know, the wrinkles mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and pores and yeah, things that. We can wrap our head around it, you
0: know. Yeah, doing pranks and practical jokes was a big part of it when I was a kid. Like fooling, <laughs> you know, having your finger cut off, fooling your parents or yeah. your friends. I mean, that was, there's such a thrill in that. <laughs> you
1: get the, the, the reaction of the other guy. That's
0: uh, it, <laughs> Yeah, I remember I did, a, a, I'm sure I've told this story on the podcast before, but I did a, I did a, the old, it was a nail through a finger my yeah, friend yeah. we were like 10 years old and i put like a nail <laughs> through his finger and he goes and shows his mother and he and he walks in and so he doesn't just go like look or you know he walks in and he goes ah! <laughs> and he like screamed and she fucking freaked out man she like totally thought it was he nailed through his finger she was like almost fainted and and I ever, uh, after that point, like that, that, his family just did not like me. After that, that's, that's great. <laughs> I was like, man, you should have toned it down a little bit. You didn't need to scream like that. But I was uh, doing that constantly to my brother and sister and my parents. Boy. I was always doing weird, you know, putting things in the microwave so when they opened it, or in the refrigerator like eyeballs and fingers and stuff <laughs> i put i put a fake
1: uh, cockroach one time in the sugar <laughs> the bowl of sugar and i knew one of my friends was going to come up to my house and he always went to the cabinet to make coffee you know first, mm. first thing he did so i knew he would do that and put a Fake uh, brown cockroach, big one <laughs> in the white sugar. <laughs> I was taking him video when he came in. He said, Why are you taking video? I said, I'm trying out a new camera and something. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to the cabinet office, then takes the sugar off.
2: <laughs> he
1: drops the sugar down. <laughs> I, was, uh, I didn't expect him to drop it down, so right. it was all a mess. Uh, no, but, but it was worth it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> Yeah, we still do that around here, my wife and I, and we're always playing practical jokes.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's really funny. For me, I find scare scaring people, I find it extremely funny, I don't know why. Yeah, same here,
0: me too. <laughs> when I was a kid, I've, I've talked to this, uh, t- I don't know if I've talked about it in the podcast, I probably have, but I know I've talked about it with other effects people when I was a kid and I would put like masks on and run around and scare people in the neighborhood, it really gave me like a sense of power, you know, like, like it was like a weird, yeah, I was like, I'm not the scared one now you are. And I'm in control yeah. of the situation because I was such a shy kid and kind of scared of, yeah. of, uh, adults and stuff like that. So it was like a, a way of gaining power over this, this situation, yeah. you know?
1: absolutely and especially if you wear a mask you you have this feeling that i can see you but
0: you cannot exactly. see me. exactly <laughs> it's like a t- it's a control thing it's weird <laughs> it's a way of feeling it's a way for a for when you're a powerless little kid to feel like you have some kind of power over others it's interesting yep. <laughs> and then you know and then on top of that you're you're making this stuff yourself and you're getting um praised for it if you have cool parents like we did that are telling you oh, this looks good you're doing a good job and then you start getting this getting your self-esteem from that and and then your identity starts to become intertwined with creating artwork and then it just takes on a life of its own you know what it's i mean like,
1: it's like a fantasy that became my reality now so
0: yeah, really,
2: yeah.
1: There was a point that it was just fantasy, you know. I would look in the magazines, the people who were sculpting the creatures in the pictures, Mm -hmm. and I was fantasizing myself being in that position. So, so you can imagine how I felt when I did it for real, and I said, "Fuck, it was real, man." I'm telling you that.
0: Yeah, you made Uh, it happen. You you manifested that reality for yourself. It's kind of amazing, magical.
1: And it took uh, just one thing, a lot of work. But if you love something, this, this work doesn't even bother you. you. Don't It doesn't feel
0: like too much work. Yeah, you want to do it. If you're upset, yeah. if you have that obsession, then it's, you know.
1: Exactly. And you don't uh, fall down. You, you have some ups and downs, but you don't give up because that's part of your life, as you said. It's uh, you just It's your default. Yeah, <laughs> you're trying to be better every day, of course, because otherwise it's not it's not exciting. Yeah, if you don't uh, if you don't have progress,
0: and it's um, and it's difficult so, to do, which is part of what makes it so enjoyable, because it's it's there's always more to learn. You yeah, know, keeps you challenged. and That's why now you know, have, you know you I have don't to think give up. What's that?
1: I have to think more before each piece that I do now, because you know I'm not sculpting just for the sake of sculpting now, like I did. Uh, but you know, people have a certain uh, degree of expectations from my for the quality of work I right. put out first, and then I want to surprise myself as well with uh, subjects you know that I would never thought of sculpting and uh, uh, approaching sculpture with. Uh, more uh, mature way to right. try to pay attention on every little piece of detail because i don't care if anyone's going to see it i just want to have the, the challenge of, of doing it you know
0: right and
1: then, yeah. then it pays off because when you see the piece finished uh, you said oh how many hours did i spend but you know the the result is uh, it's, it's all
0: worth it oh yeah the, the feeling is so good the yeah. feeling, a feeling of accomplishment, is so good when you do and something. And you
1: see like the, out, the, the artists that are out there, some crazy talents, and uh, that's where they say you should not compare yourself with other artists because if we did, we would be depressed right now for yeah. the talent that is out there. So you're trying to do what everyone's trying to do, what they love, and uh, just get inspired by all the amazing art that is out there instead of uh, feeling jealous or uh, keeping secrets for how you do stuff and i'm not not about that you
0: know yeah me yeah. either
1: because the more you share the, the more beautiful art you will see in the future right <laughs> it yeah it'll you know.
0: inspire you even more you know it'll come back exactly. to you
1: exactly
0: well that's a that's a great okay. place to end it we're just at about two hours so i'm gonna wow. yeah i went fast
2: uh,
1: <laughs> that was great. That was really cool. It was uh, especially now with the quarantine, you know, my, my throat is gonna be because I don't I only talk to my dogs. I <laughs> so, so say a few words every day. Now I'm speaking non stop for two hours, my throat's gonna be closed tomorrow. Your vocal Very cords gotta work out.
0: Well, thanks so much for coming on, man. I really enjoy talking to you. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of your work. I, I I look, I mean, I, every piece you, you post completely inspires me. So, um, you, you know, you're one, you're one of the greats. You're one of the great sculptors in the world as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah. Another thing you see now you're, you're saying this to me, you work for Rick Baker, you know, my 16 year old <laughs> self would be crazy, you know, if right? <laughs> I, told you that, uh, I would have interview with Zah and, uh, you know, so, Thank you very much for the invitation. I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, it was amazing. you very much. Yeah,
0: you're, you're uh, a great interview as well. So I appreciate it. Um, okay, everybody who's listening, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. If you want to support the the Dark Art Society, you can go to patreon.com slash darkartsociety. That's what it is, patreon.com slash... Yeah, that's it, Dark Art Society. For a little as a dollar a month get the podcast early blah blah you know the spiel if you've heard the podcast before um everybody stay safe out there and um thanks again Eris. i really appreciate you taking the time to come on
1: thank you very much sir
0: thank you all right thank you for- let's say goodbye to everybody goodbye everybody bye,
2: everybody. bye.